Welcome to Main Thing Radio with Robert Fountain, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, in Miami Beach, Florida. Join us as Robert teaches through God's Word. One eye for one eye, one tooth for one tooth, one life for one life. But the human tendency being what it is, we flip that on its head and try to use it to rationalize payback. We wanna rationalize revenge instead of guarding against it. An eye for an eye becomes a matter of personal honor. When in fact, what God was saying is it's not about you and your honor. It's just about keeping order and doing the right thing. An eye for an eye. We live in a society where no one has escaped being wrong. But Pastor Robert reminds us today that justice isn't about your pride or your feelings, but about keeping peace and order. You are not entitled to someone's life just because they stole something from you. Justice's job is to keep things honest and even. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now here's Pastor Robert in the book of Matthew chapter 5 with today's edition of Main Thing Radio. This guy, he disrespected the brothers. He disrespected Dinah's dad by not talking to them first, by not going to them and honoring their position of authority in her life. And so they're all upset. And even though he's come now and he's wanting to make it right and he's like, I want her to be my wife. And as we'll see in a moment, she's already living. He's taken her home. She's with him in his tent, his house, whatever. And he's, he's willing to pay the bride price. Whatever you ask, I'll pay. So the brothers being angry said, here's how this can work. See, if you want our young women to be able to marry your young men, well, then all your young men are going to have to be circumcised because that's just how we do it in Israel. And the guy said, yes. This young prince said, okay, I'll be circumcised. All of the Hivite men, they'll they'll all be circumcised. We're going to deal with that today. We'll take care of it today. Now think about this. You understand? This guy was serious. And they all got circumcised that day. And so in verse 25 of Genesis chapter 34, now it came to pass on the third day when they were in pain that two of the sons of Jacob, Simeon and Levi, Dinah's brothers, each took his sword and came boldly upon the city and killed all the males, every man in in, in the city. And they killed Hamor and Shechem, his son, with the edge of the sword and took Dinah from Shechem's house and went out. The sons of Jacob came upon the slain, plundered the city, because their sister had been defiled. They took their sheep, their oxen, their donkeys, what was in the city, what was in the field, all their wealth, all their little ones and their wives, they took captive and they plundered even all that was in the houses. Do you hear what the Bible's telling us here? 
No matter how you read this, it was completely disproportionate. It wasn't, it wasn't justice, it was revenge. And revenge for what? I think the implication here is that it was revenge for having been insulted. It wasn't about the well-being of their sister. How do I know that? Well, because this prince of the Hivites wanted to marry her. She's already living in his house. They take her out of his house. They kill him. They kill all the men. Now what happens to her? Do you understand in the ancient world, nobody wanted her now. I mean, she was, they've stated it. She's defiled. So she's going to be an outcast in her own home until she dies. She'll never have children. She'll never have a family of her own. She'll be dependent upon her older brothers. Do you understand? They didn't care about her. They cared about their own sense of dignity and honor. They had been insulted. And nobody gets away with that. You're going to show me respect. And so they went in and killed everybody in town and stole everything. Everything in the field. They even went into every single house. I mean, think about that. They're taking, you know, rotten tomatoes off the cabinet top and the sugar out of the sugar bowl and whatever. You get what I'm saying? They took everything out of pride. And so God's law, given much, much later, made it clear that this kind of disproportionate reaction was not to be permitted. One eye for one eye. One tooth for one tooth. One life for one life. But the human tendency, being what it is, we flip that on its head and try to use it to rationalize payback. We want to rationalize revenge instead of guarding against it. An eye for an eye becomes a matter of personal honor. When in fact, what God was saying is it's not about you and your honor. It's just about keeping order and doing the right thing. An eye for an eye. Not both eyes. You don't gouge some man, you know, some guy's eye. Do you understand? You don't go in and kill everybody in town because one man in town committed murder. Even if it is the king's son who did it. You still don't kill everybody. You don't take all the women and children captive because one woman was violated. You don't do that. But we stand up and say, no, an eye for an eye. And basically what we're saying is, I'm going to get my payback. You can't treat me like that. And that's exactly the attitude that Jesus is confronting in this passage. You've heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you not to resist an evil person. But whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him also. If anyone wants to sue you and take away your tunic, let him have your cloak also. Whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him who asks you. And from him who wants to borrow from you, do not turn away. Now, Tolstoy and others have tried to make this a a proof text for pacifism. You know, that we shouldn't have an army, we shouldn't have a police force, that we shouldn't defend ourselves, that if somebody, somebody breaks in your house in the middle of the night and wants to molest your children and rape your wife, well, you should just, you should just pray for them. I mean, you should... No, you you should stop them from committing that evil act upon your family and then pray for them. In Luke 22, 35, Jesus was getting ready to send his disciples out for the second time. You know, he he had already sent them out, there's 70 of them, he'd sent them out to go and preach the gospel, heal people and minister to people. And when he sent the first group out, he said, now, I don't want you to take anything with you. No money. Don't take a jacket, don't take a change of clothes, don't take anything. I just want you to go. And and when you enter a village, look around for somebody, 
Basically, what he was saying, look, look around for somebody that, that seems willing to show you hospitality. And, and if they're willing to show you hospitality, accept their hospitality. Go and stay with them. And, and whatever food they put in front of you, eat it with gratitude. Don't be picky. Don't be asking questions. Just eat it. Be grateful. Now he says to them, Luke twenty two thirty five. He said to them, when I sent you without money back, knapsack and sandals, did you lack anything? They said, nothing. Now, stop right there for just a quick second. See, he's letting them know, the first time, I was proving a point. God took care of you, didn't he? Your father provided for you, he protected you, he took care of you, didn't he? Yeah, he did. We didn't need anything. We, even though we didn't take any money, we had everything we needed. Verse 36, then he said to them, but now, this time. In other words, that wasn't a rule forever. That's not like that's how you do missions. This time, he who has a money bag, let him take it. And likewise, a knapsack. And he who has no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. For I say to you that this which is written must still be accomplished in me. And he who was numbered, or he was numbered with the transgressors. For the things concerning me have an end. So they said, Lord, look, here are two swords. And he said to them, it's enough. Now, you see, this passage pretty much proves that Jesus wasn't a pacifist. He wasn't teaching or promoting pacifism. Now, another one that kind of backs it up, and, and by the way, there are those that look at this and say, oh, it wasn't really a sword he was talking about. It was this little knife. Well, it was one of two things. It was either a dagger or the short sword that the Roman army used. Both of those are defensive weapons. Both of those were used for self-defense. It, it, you know, it, it's not a butter knife. It's not a, it's not a bread knife or something. These were both like military or self-defense kind of weapons. And, and one of the reasons that we, we kind of lean toward, I lean toward the idea that it was like the Roman short sword is that later on, do you remember the, the night that Jesus was betrayed? They're all in the garden of Gethsemane. What did Peter do? He cut off the high priest's servant's ear. Remember that? And, and, and we're told he used a sword to do it. And how did Jesus react to it? See, this is another one of those that sometimes it'll be brought up to justify or to uh, like a proof text for pacifism that, you know, Peter should never have had that sword. Well, that's not what Jesus said to him. Jesus didn't rebuke Peter for having the sword. He rebuked Peter for using it at that time and in that place. You think Peter was walking around with a sword and Jesus somehow didn't know? Of course he knew. And he didn't say to him, Peter, you shouldn't have been carrying that to begin with. He said, put it away. Thanks for tuning in today to Main Thing Radio. What you just heard may have set some questions off in your spirit about who Jesus is and why he's so important. If so, keep listening. Thanks, Chris. You know, if you're listening today and, and you're thinking, man, I really need God in my life. You know, I, I've wandered away or, or remember, maybe you're just searching. It's the first time you're really getting serious about having a relationship with God. And, you know, I remember when I felt that way, and, and to be honest, I, I, I felt really kind of exasperated and crummy and, and like it was probably impossible. Well, it's not impossible. The Bible says 
that God loves you so much right where you are. He understands that we're messed up. He, Bible tells us, I mean, he knows we're human. He knows that we're flawed. He knows that we're sinful, imperfect human beings. That's why the Bible says he sent Jesus in the first place to come and die on the cross to pay for our sin, to pay for our wickedness, so that all we have to do is open our hearts to him and receive the pardon, the forgiveness that he's offering. He wants a relationship with you. I'd love to give you more information about that. Listen, I'd love to pray with you about that, even if electronically. Just go to our website, mainthingradio.com. There's all kinds of info on the website about how to begin that relationship with Jesus, how to begin that that personal relationship with God, how to study the Bible. We can give you all kinds of information about that if you'll just reach out to us and let us know that you need it. Thanks, Pastor Robert. That website again is mainthingradio.com. We're so glad you joined us today and be sure to tune in again to Main Thing Radio.